you're a subby, but you want to change to be in your own boss and run your own business. And I think subcontracting is a fantastic way to start out as an electrician. And if you're training to be an electrician, it's a great way to start off in the electrical industry as a subcontractor. There are plenty of companies and businesses out there that will take on you as a subby to be able to gain a bit more experience to become an electrician. If you've been doing some training to be an electrician, you've maybe done your level three or your MVQ, and you just want to gain a bit of experience on site, subcontracting to other companies is a great way to get some on-site experience. And the reason that companies like subcontractors is because they can let you go the next day. They can have you there for a week, and then the following week, there's no more work for you. So it sort of swings and roundabouts for subcontractors and for businesses. When you're subcontracting, for whatever reason, you can be told at any time that there's no more work for you next week. If you're a subby, you can get let go just as easy as you you were employed. But however, there is some pros and cons to this. If you apply for an agency or apply to be a subcontractor for a business, you get paid a set wage. Electricians that are qualified on paper, they'll get £25 an hour, whether you've got experience or not. But remember, you can never guarantee that that work's going to last forever. So, although many electricians, they enjoy being a subcontractor and sub into different companies all over the country, there is a lot of subcontracting electricians that look for the future, that look towards the future, should I say, to maybe start up their own business one day and run their own electrical business. So that's what we're gonna look into today. How and why to start up your own electrical business if you're stuck subbing. Toolbox Talks for Electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time, and earn more money. Hello and welcome back. My name is Ben Poulter, your host of Toolbox Talks for Electricians. And today I come from personal experience. I used to be a subcontractor as an electrician and then I went ahead and started up my own business after well, getting fed up with subcontracting, really. And some of the reasons I can guarantee why I started up my own business is the same reasons of what you've tuned in today. I was on the second day of my AM2, and I didn't even know if I passed it or not. And the company that I work for, they phoned me up. And they said, Ben, you're no longer employed. All right, so what's happened there? Then have I done something wrong? Nope, the company went into liquidation. There was nothing I can do. I didn't have a job. And I've been employed by this company all through my apprenticeship. So I had it quite easy, I think. And I didn't have a clue how to go out and find any work as an electrician. So because I'd just done my AM2 and it was pretty stressful thinking how to pass, had I not passed, I didn't go out and look for work straight away. I wanted to find out whether I passed or not. So I took them two weeks and uh, jumped on a plane to Ibiza. And the first job I got, subcontracting, because luckily I'd passed my AM2 and I was a fully qualified uh, fully qualified electrician. I started working for a company called NG Bailey. And I was working on site in Slough. That was a two-hour drive from my house. It was me and my brother that basically had to get up bright and early and go subcontracting to this company in Slough on a site. And we basically go on a tower all day putting lengths of tray up and that was all we did all day it was a little bit exciting when we got asked to do hey can you do conduit yeah yeah we'll do conduit we'll give that a go we'd never done conduit but being thrown in at the deep end i think it helped us learn quite quick i remember the only bit of conduit i'd ever done was at college and 
I was quite slow when I thought doing these sets in conduit and bending conduit. I'd rather just cut it in half and put a corner in. But you had to learn how this conduit works. So we were stuck in at the deep end and made to do 20 mil conduit for the drops out the tray. And the subcontracting that we did, it went on for around a year. We were in Slough, we were in Manchester, in Edinburgh. We're all over the place for a number of different companies. That was until I decided to find some local work. And I tried to subcontract to a company that was quite local to me in my local town. And this company did a lot of DC power, what I did through my apprenticeship. So I fitted in quite well. I had plenty of qualifications in DC power that were an advantage to get this job with a local company. But with this job, subcontracting, I was first sent to Cornwall. Then I was sent to Edinburgh again and Glasgow, all over the place. Basically, you're in one place every day, somewhere different. And as you can imagine, 50% of the work was driving to the job. You had to get up bright and early, get to that job, get the job done, and then travel home. So it was quite boring. It is either that or you'd lodge out. You'd lodge out in a, in a shabby little hotel sometimes where you got your lodging allowance, but there was nothing to do in the evenings. You'd work till maybe six, seven o'clock at night when the, shot, when the site shut and you'd get home and just sit in your hotel. What else there to do in the evening? Have a few drinks. So this is where I thought, right, I've had enough of this. I'm going to start up on my own. And some of these things I'm going to mention are things that I wish I'd done from the beginning to get my brand out there, to get my business out there, to help me generate work straight away. So I can basically hit the ground running. So the first thing that I do is basically tell everyone, tell all your family and friends, right, I'm going to start my own business. Let them know that you're available to work in a domestic, industrial, commercial premises, whatever you want to build your business around, let everyone know. And this way, the people that already know you, like you and trust you, will get you to do work in their premises or in their factories or they'll put your name out in the company that they work for to say, yeah, I know an electrician. He's starting up on his own. Might as well give him a go, give him a call, see if he can give us a quote for this work that he's doing. And if you've got plenty of family and friends, I swear that sometimes for me, some people made up little jobs for me to do just to help me out, to get me going. But it helped out and that's what counts. And this was back in 2005 when the Part P building regulation was sort of just coming out. So I didn't even know I had to be registered with the Part P building regulations to be able to sign these work off. We didn't have to at that time. In effect, it was all sort of coming in. When I found out about it, I went to register obviously with the cheapest one because I was starting my business and the cheapest one was Stroma. And that was well, a long time ago when they first sort of come out. Stroma was doing a Part P certification. So I registered myself with Stroma but I think Stroma's obviously been bought out now by like Napit or the NRC. And this is the first time that I actually invested in my own business. And that made me want, that made me want it to succeed a lot more. But when I first started out, I still had a good relationship with the local company that I was subcontracting for. So if I only had two or three days work a week, I was able to go to this company and say, right, have you got a little bit of work where I could do two or three days to work for yourself, to subcontract to yourself. So at the beginning, I was subcontracting and running my own business. But as I was taking steps to get my name out there and build my own business, it was growing bigger and better every day. And as it grew bigger and better, I got a lot more busy and I got a lot more of my own work. So I had to sort of pick and choose between subcontracting and building my own business. So to make it worth my while, I went to this local company that I subcontracted for and I said, right, 
I want to get more money because obviously I knew that I could earn more money doing my own work. So I wanted to ask this company whether I could do, whether, whether they could up my hourly rate. I was on £22 an hour. So I said, right, I want 23 And they said, yeah, Penn, that's fine. No worries. We'll put you up to 23 So as I got bigger and better with my own business, I got more busy. So I went back to them. I said, look, I want £24 an hour now. I need to up it to make it worth my while. They said, yep, Ben, no worries. We'll give you £24 an hour. And then, obviously, it wasn't long until I got even more busy. So I went back to them and said, look, I want £25 an hour now. They said, Ben, not a problem. You can have £25 an hour. You're worth it. Fantastic. That must have been pushing the boat a bit too far because they never called me up again to offer me any work for it any week, any time. They didn't call me up to offer me any jobs to say, right, Ben, we've got a bit of a work. Right, Ben, we've got a few jobs for you this week. They didn't even do that. They just didn't ring. So I had no work from subcontracting. So that made me more determined to build my own business. So that was it. My only income was the business what I could generate myself. So now I had to make it work. So the first thing I did was get a load of leaflets printed. I thought, yeah, printing out leaflets and posting through through people's doors, that's going to be fantastic. That will grow my business massively if I let everyone know that I've started a business and, and I'm an electrician in their area. Well, later on, I found out it's a complete waste of time. I think I got one job from posting leaflets, and that was to change a thermostat. It wasn't something that was going to make me rich overnight. So not giving up. I turned to the internet where it was sort of my builder and my workman. So I signed up to them to see if I could generate more work for my own business. And as I say, this was a long time ago. So this was when my builder and my workman, things like that, first come to the market. So I don't think they'd got as scummy as they are today. And when these sites were new, I wasn't charging a lot. I was just first starting out, so I wasn't established in a way. So I was doing jobs quite cheap, you know, I would have thought. So the jobs that I was tendering for on these on these sites with my builder and my workman, I was getting a few of the jobs. But it wasn't sustainable in the future to build a business, I would have thought. And today, I would definitely steer clear. It's not a fantastic way to generate decent customers into your business. But thinking back, when I was first started up on my own, Everything I was doing, I was trying to get work today. I was trying to get work now. I wasn't looking for the long the long game sort of thing, the longer picture of how to build a business. I was just trying to get that work, like a quick win, a shortcut to sort of success. I do realize that now, looking back at the things that I did. But at the time, it was a bit of a struggle. And when I wasn't getting the work, I got disheartened. So I did go and look at a job and get an interview for a job working as a project manager because I got quite disheartened and thought, yep, being a self-employed um, electrician running my own business, it probably wasn't for me. So I got this job in an office and I lasted a week. And that is when I found out, yeah, working in an office for somebody else, it isn't for me. So then I put my thinking cap back on and I realized that money for electricians, the good money is in big jobs. You can make fantastic money if you had five fuse balls to change, because obviously a fuse ball would take you around a day to change if someone's property. So if you had five fuse balls every week, 365 days a week, yeah, you could earn a fortune. But it doesn't happen like that. The only way you're going to earn decent money as an electrician is to get big jobs, is to get extensions, is to get kitchens, is to get rewires. That's the sort of work that you want to do. The best contacts 
that to get in with these rewires and kitchen refurbs is other other tradesmen like kitchen fitters or builders. Back in the day, I think builders, they used to say, yep, they've got an extension and they will run a couple of sockets. They'll just spur off a spur of a spur themselves or they'll just tap into the lighting circuit and do it themselves. But when Part P came out, you couldn't do that anymore. And when Part P came around, this was maybe the good thing for it because builders realized that they couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't do the electrical work themselves. They couldn't do the plumbing work themselves. They have to find a tradesman specialized in like electrics or in plumbing. So when I realized this, the first thing I did was I put an email together to email every single builder in my local area. And I would write a little bit about myself offering my services as an electrician. And I actually picked up quite a bit of work by doing that email to different builders. One email, he phoned me up. Obviously, they wanted to check out to meet me first to see what I was all about which is a great idea, I think, because when you meet someone face-to-face, you get a bit more of a feeling what they're all about. So when he asked me up for a come round for a cup of tea, I thought, fantastic, I'll pop round and we'll have a cuppa and have a little chat, see what it was about. And that builder, he was in charge of around five or six care homes. So that was a good contract because every time there was a light gone or a light fitting needs changing, I was the electrician they called to go change it. But remember, when you start working with builders, it's sort of, You've got to test out whether you want to carry on working with that builder. Does he work? How you sort of work as well? Will you get on? And he's doing the same with you. Because if you don't have a good relationship with the other tradesmen, yeah, it can end in tears. I have worked with some builders that are basically rogue traders. You don't want to work with them. They're billy bodgers. You see what they do and you think, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be associated with these builders. So some of them are a complete nightmare. So if you do a few jobs or maybe one job with a builder and you get that feeling that this is not the sort of person you want to be around or be associated with, then yeah, cut your losses and move on to the next. Another way I picked up a lot of work is through other tradesmen, carpenters, there's builders, plumbers, carpenters, mechanics, all of them who pass their numbers on to their family and friends. There was builders, plumbers, carpenters, mechanics, ground workers, all of them who I did work for that also passed my number on to their family and friends. So from the beginning of starting my own business, yeah, I'll say it was quite difficult. And there was times where I thought, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe it's not for me to run my own business. But I think that I was trying to cut too many corners. I wasn't trying to build a business. I was trying to get work for that day, like a quick win all the time. The harder something is to do, the more it's worthwhile doing. And every time you have an idea of think, "Ah, this is not for me, I'm going to give up. Think back to subcontract. Uh, Think back to subcontract. Think back to subcontracting. What was it like? When you're wandering around site, looking for materials that everyone said, yeah, it was delivered. It was delivered yesterday. And the roofers are at the top, dropping their nuts and bolts down, basically hitting you on the head sometimes if you haven't got a hard hat on. Beating up on a cherry picker in the cold wind and rain. Basically because you've been asked to do the outside lights and that job's got to be done. When you're working away with some idiot on the bleeding cherry picker and he takes your harness off and clips it to the light you've just put up. So when you try to move down, it sort of drags you off the, the, the cherry picker. Some idiots you get on site like that. I suppose you can laugh about it now because, yeah, it was fun. It was pretty funny. But it was pretty bleeding dangerous as well. It's quite different when you're self-employed and you're doing your own maybe domestic job of some garden lighting. And the worst thing you've got to contend with is the customer's puppy trying to nick your screwdrivers. 
and I'd do a great, yes, subcontracting, lodging out with all the other lads. It can be fun, but it can be dangerous as well. And I think you can always start your own business like doing sort of jobs on the side, maybe at the weekends, maybe two or three days a week alongside subcontracting, just so, so you're not under pressure to get plenty of work for that first week to go all in and all out straight away. You can build it slowly over time. And I talk about this in the podcast, Electrician's Side Hustle, doing private jobs. And I will leave a link in the show notes below. And I will leave a link in the show notes below for you to check that one out. So until next time, see you again.